Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Welcome to the First Cut Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and today, the memorial storylines and breaking it all down with the squad. (laughs) We're on YouTube now. We are on YouTube. You can watch us uh, there. You can see Mark in his hotel room. You can see Kyle Porter rocking. What is that, KP? What a shirt is that? Oh, it looks like. Oh, sorry. What is that logo? It's a, it's a, it's not, it's a, it's from Link Soul. I don't know if it's, oh. the, it's not their logo. It's I just, thought it was like a tournament logo or something. No, it kind of looks like Olympic. I thought it looked like a bolts roll for a second, but I didn't see the clubs behind your microphone. Yeah. <laughs> and you can see Doug Bell's, what is that? Stack stone fireplace, Doug. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's the lobby. It's the lobby of my hotel and people are walking by and they're looking at me like, who is this guy and, and who's he talking to? And so I just kind of, kind of give him a, very, very important people you are talking to, my <laughs> yes. friend. So you can, yes. you can. Doug's apparently not in his bubble over there, Doug. Come on, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I stay outside the bubble. It's easier uh, that way. All right, you can get us on YouTube. Obviously, that's Mark Immelman. It's Kyle Porter. It's Doug Bell, and we are breaking down the memorial today. Let's start with the course. This is the big storyline, gentlemen. It's two straight weeks at Mirfield Village. Mark, uh, we'll start with you. You've been kind of our what's the difference uh, between the courses the last couple of weeks. Where do we stand today on what we can expect from Mirfield Village for the memorial? Well, what's the difference sort of right now depends on who you ask. I I went and took a drive around the golf course and I talked with Mark Leishman. I'm like, can you see a difference? He goes, yep, it's getting firmer and faster. Then I caught up with John Rahm. I'm like, is it faster? And he hit a bunker shot on the fourth, the par three down the hill. And this thing landed on the green with some spin. And next thing was in the fringe on the other side of the green. And he goes, do you see? I was like, "Uh, see. And so Rahm's like, it's speeding up. Adam Hayes' caddy said it's firming up. Um, bunkers are drying, according to Harry Higgs. Um, and then, then I spoke with Billy Horschel. I'm like, have you seen any difference? He goes, nah, it's playing the same <laughs> as what it did on Sunday. So, so I, I guess it's a matter of opinion right now. But I'll, I'll tell you from just looking at the place, it's definitely not as lush. Uh, the, the rough is drying out a little bit more. So it's still dense, but it's wispy in spots. And so you can get flowers out there, which is dangerous. And and already Tuesday, you can see that the place, the greens certainly are getting that color about them. You know, the, the, the sort of off green that turns into brownish, that turns into purple. And then you know that they're seriously firm. Then they're Shinnecock Hills. Um, and, and today it was not very humid, mid, sort of mid to low 80s temperatures and lots of sun. So you know the place is drying out. And... They had the fans, each green, there's no sub areas here. So each green has got this massive fan next to it. And they had the fans going on, blowing on the greens. Now, I don't know if that's to cool them down because there was no one spritzing the place. So I don't know if it's to cool them down or just to blow on them a bit, just to go, mm, let's suck the moisture out of here a little bit more. So <laughs> look, it's Tuesday. Okay. So we'll, we'll remains to be seen what happens Wednesday. 
Yeah, I do think it's interesting, Doug, when you have so little time to kind of make this this transition. We know the course was closed on on Monday, right? So they had an opportunity to kind of rehab everything. But I can't even fathom everything that goes into putting on one PGA Tour golf tournament, let alone two in back-to-back weeks. Yeah, it, it's really amazing. And as I see the grounds crew, um, I mean, these guys, I mean, they're working their tails off. And, and you hear people say that, hey, let's give credit to the – the course superintendent, and he deserves it uh, because these guys are working overtime. Uh, I will say the course closes, by the way, on July 20th, and they're going to totally redo the greens, the fairways, the tees. So I, I think right now anything that says water hose, they they put away because they're not going <laughs> to water anything, uh, and they want to get the greens as, as stressed out and as brown as possible. Um, and those fans are just keeping them basically perked up and alive. It's bent grass. And, and they need that air just to just to stay perky until the tournament starts. And then they're going to get really brown. You'll notice the guys watching on television as we get into Friday, Saturday and now and then Sunday. There's going to be brown splotches everywhere. They're going to be sizzling fast. And what we're going to see is obviously every year at the Memorial, uh, for example, at 18, when they, they hit up there on top, it's going to come spinning down, ripping down. And, and I think we're going to see more of that. Didn't see so much of it last week. I think we'll see a, It'll be back to normal this week. The, the thing to watch out too for, and as you watch the color, the Doug references the change, is, is obviously the warmer the ground gets, the more parched it gets, the firmer it gets. And, and, and the green speeds aside, I mean, that's tough to deal with given all of the slopes and humps and hollows on these greens. But if these puppies begin to firm up, it is going to be a beast. <laughs> and if you're playing out of the roof, you're going to have very little chance. So, so again, well, there is some rain forecast early Thursday, Friday, which may soften the place. But uh, Gary Young said they were going to water once this week. I don't know when they've done it because I didn't see it looking very damp <laughs> or moist at all. Uh, well, it's going to be a tough task for some of the best players in the fe- in the world, excuse me, KP, because this field is absolutely stacked. Uh, I think we can describe this as a major championship venue and a major <laughs> championship field. Am I yeah. right about that? Yeah, for sure. But one one course take from me. I hope it's dead by like Friday night. I hope it's <laughs> I hope like two over wins this week. As hot as your fiery takes, right? It, it would be, it would be right sweet. away. Right away, he comes with these takes right off the top. That's aggression. Well, we get we get to twenty two under and the twenty five under, and it's like I want to see some, I want to see some pushback. And you're gonna be the first guy when they get to when they like someone's battling for one under par that'll tweet something about it. Come on now. <laughs> what, 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 wait, what, hold on, hold on. What will I say? What, what do you mean? It'll be like, dang, we need a few more birdies around this no, place. Come no, come on. No, it'll be, it'll be seven over, didn't make the cut. You hate to see it. That's what it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, But yeah, I, I'm, man, I'm pumped. It feels like a major week. You know, it, it, it's funny. I, I don't know. I was thinking about this after we were on, you and I, Rick, on Sunday. We kind of, we kind of broadcast like the, the playoff. Uh, I don't, yeah. Mark, Mark needs to like do a two hour breakdown. Cause I'm sure it wasn't very good, <laughs> but it was certainly fun. And I was just thinking if we get anything anywhere close to what we saw last weekend, I mean, I, I don't know. It's just, this is a really cool two week stretch. And I think it speaks a lot to what you guys have been talking about. I, I think Mirfield village is really good. You know, it's, it's certainly different than, than the places that, 
the PGA tour is gone over the last month or so. And I, I just, I think this, I, it, there's only one major this season is the PGA championship in three weeks, which is crazy. It doesn't feel like there's a major in three weeks, but <laughs> this feels like another major. And I know we're not going to call it that, but whatever. I, I, I have this thing, Rick, and I don't know if you agree. We, we, we can't, how do we, how does this count the same as the Sanderson farms? Like you, you get one PGA tour win for each of these that, that does not seem that that doesn't seem equivalent. And uh, I don't know, I'm pumped for this week. Maybe we should weigh, maybe this should be worth 1.2 <laughs> wins that, that JT could get to 25 a lot quicker if we started weighing. Okay. Okay. Just, we're going to, we're going to bring that up every podcast. Just, just, just to, for disclosure's sakes, Doug Bell is the mayor of Jackson, Mississippi. Okay. They <laughs> love him. Yeah. Yeah. Farms is great. Well, okay. it's just not the same as this. Let's Doug, let's let's talk about this then because I think we, we know the memorial gets a great field every week, but this is or every year, excuse me, but this is the first time and every 20, week and every week apparently on tour. Uh, and but this is the first time since 2016 that the memorial will have all five of the top five players in the world here. I mean, this is even a step up from the great memorial memorial fields we always see. Yeah, I, I mean, I can't wait. Last week was terrific, and and I, I, I was looking for Jack Nicholas Hall last week. I just wanted to see the Golden Bear. I, I feel good when I get to see him. You know, 80 <laughs> years old, it's his property. I just want to go say, hey, Jack, how you doing? And he's always just the most affable guy in the world. Uh, but I didn't see him. I mean, he was bunkered down. The Nicholas compound is right there to the left of number nine. Didn't see him. So I expect to see him this week, and, and that'll be great. And and I'm glad the field is as good as it is. Um, I, I just – it's terribly exciting to think that Tiger is back for the first time in, a you know, 100 and – what is it, 155 days, uh, which is which is remarkable. Rory's back over a two-week two respite. Dustin Johnson's back after a two-week respite. Uh, Justin Thomas is back after no respite. And he's and he's pissed off as he told me. He wants to get back out and play. And then you have the twenty somethings, Colin Morikawa, uh, Victor Hovland. Uh, I mean, you go down the line, and it is phenomenal. Usually, one hundred twenty players, so it's one hundred thirty-three. They have a few more in there, and I think that just adds even more uh, intrigue because of the players that are playing. Um, you know, another guy. It's interesting. Uh, Ian Poulter, guys, last week was number one in strokes game putting. He has not played. Now, he played last week for the first time at Muirfield Village in 11 years. And I, that was shocking to me. And I interviewed him on Friday, and he explained. He said, listen, this always fell when I went over to, to England and played in the, uh, the BMW Masters, whatever they call it there. And he said then his family went on vacation. They visited relatives, and so he never wanted to come back. And so I thought that was intriguing, too. Uh, I can't wait to see Ian Poulter put on these greens. I mean, listen, I'm so excited. I really, really am. Whenever Tiger's in the field, it, it elevates everybody. Oh, and I forgot to mention a guy named Bryson DeChambeau. Oh, yeah. How can I forget Bryson? Amidst all these names, how can I forget Bryson? That's unbelievable. I'm glad you brought that up because I'm curious about what you guys think. Tiger's always the biggest story, but I, I almost feel like coming into this week, and maybe this is just the world that I'm existing in, I feel like Bryson is is has become maybe even bigger. I, I don't know. Again, maybe that's just my circles. What, what What's y'all's take on that? Mark shaking his head. Nah, T no. T Tiger's the man. Yeah. Well, was of, I mean, of course he's the man, but like I'm talking about like storylines this week. Tiger is still a storyline. Okay. What's well, the, yeah, but is he is he's he not like is he going to win 83? How? What's he playing like going into major championship potentially number 15? Blah blah blah. I mean, Tiger is always the storyline. Brasson 
it will be a little bit of a sideshow this week. It's Tiger Woods week. Don't. Well, let's sideshow. Wow. Well, I say that respectfully, I, obviously. I, I thought it was interesting um, in Tiger's press conference today, and I love listening to his press conferences now. Number one, we don't hear from him very often. And now that he's 44 years old, he's like the elder statesman. And you ask him, I mean, you know, whenever Jack Nicholas, who held a press conference today too, I mean, he loves to talk about whatever. And Tiger, you can now ask him whatever. And he gives these thoughtful answers. I mean, they're not, they're not flamboyant, but, but he, I, I just, I, I like listening to him. And when asked about Bryson, um, he talked about, you know, how this young guy has taken all the technology that was not available to him uh, back when he first came out. And now he's taken his game, this power game to a different level. And I, I just thought that was intriguing because listen, uh, when Tiger first came out, nobody swung faster. Nobody hit it farther than Tiger. When Jack Nicholas came out, nobody swung faster or hit it farther than Jack Nicholas. And now we have Bryson DeChambeau, who is this modern age guy who is who has concocted this power game with all the all the electronics and obviously the stuff uh, that he you know the protein and all that. He's worked his body into shape, and he's and he's come up with this uh, incredible game. I, I don't know, very intriguing. I, I think Tiger's impressed. By, by what, what he saw. I was just disappointed they didn't put Bryson and Tiger together in the featured groups. I thought that would have been kind of neat on Thursday and Friday. Or Bryson and Brooks. Uh, what what would happen if Tiger, uh, what does Tiger weigh? Like 175? What if he gained like 65 pounds? How good well, would that be? Well, I don't think back and his joints and stuff can handle that sort of stuff and that torque. You, yeah. you, Tiger's 2.0, if this was baseball and you know more about this than I do, He's playing a little small ball right now in relation to what he used to be. He is not the he's not the home run hitter that he was when he came out. Now he plays some strategy. He's swinging within himself. Not every swing is is, is the knock it out of the park stuff. Um, so so now I, I think if I, I think I don't know for certain that if he had to pick up weight and get brawnier, I don't think his body could stand the load and the torque. What if what if Rory weighed like two twenty like when he came out? <laughs> I think. I think the dynamics, and this is getting a bit heavy as a golf instructor, but I think the it dynamics is a bit heavy. Would, <laughs> sort of what you asked the question. I think he'd lose the dynamics in his swing, and he'd lose some of the levers that he creates because he's my size. He's like five foot ten ish, nine nine and a half, whatever he is. He's a small guy, but he's strong. But he tr- creates incredible levers in in the golf swing and if he was bigger i don't think he could access those sorts of things that he does and the movement of his hips and the and the disassociation between his upper body and his core is just it's electric and 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 i think he'd sacrifice that if he was bigger i i think here's the thing mark i'm gonna get i'm gonna go deeper on this i think you could argue (laughs) that when when rory came out like when he was you know oh seven oh eight oh nine I think you could argue that when he was bigger, when he was, I mean, he was heavier, whatever, chubbier, it seems like he had more shots back then. Now, now some of that might be because, uh, he, you read that on a strokes gain document, huh? Did you read that on a strokes gain document? (laughs) No, I I actually watched the golf like you did. Uh, He had a draw, just one dimensional and he's added a fade shot to the game. Um, he's to the, the swing when he was younger and chubbier, he was sort of a little, little young, little sort of boy fat, if you will, um, was longer. It was more languid. There was more whip down below. And he used to sling this big, high tumbling draw every single shot. Uh, and what was good about it, he was essentially eliminated one side of the course. So when he was on, he was electric. 
And now he's got more shots to his game. He's got a fade. He's got the high and the low. And the draw is pacified. Um, and, and I feel like it's because he's, he's sort of matured as a player. But when he was younger, he was just – he was long. But it, it, it was an uncon- uncontrollable long, if you will, to me. Yeah, I'd like I'd like his, I'd like to ask him about that. I I wonder what how he feels about. You got his I, number? Call him. Huh? You got his number? Text him. Well, that's a that's a longer conversation. Well, ask him that. Uh, I your that's your take is a good one. I, I love talking about this stuff. We should move on, but I, yeah, well, I talk- here's here's what we're actually going to do. We're actually going to move back because um, we mixed our 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 two storylines. We blended them together. We moved right <laughs> past Tiger Woods. How'd that's that happen? Fault. Yeah, <laughs> KP threw us on a tangent. Uh, Doug, the the million dollar question for Tiger Woods this week is all about expectations, right? Sure. We saw him at the Genesis, his last official PGA tour event. It was not pretty. We saw him in shorts at his home club in May and everything looked fine and dandy. What the heck do we expect from him this week? Well, well, he's playing a course that he absolutely loves. It's a big ballpark and his most, uh, I mean, he has a lot of success at Firestone, um, your village, Pebble beach, Bay Hill, uh, Doral, uh, I mean, those are all big golf courses just like this. Knows how to play them. Knows how to stay out of trouble. Knows how to grind out pars uh, when a par is needed. Um, and l- listen, he's 44 years old. We're only going to see him now for the rest of his career uh, five to eight times a season. I mean, that's it. So so we need to enjoy this. And, and you can't dispel him because he is the great Tiger Woods. And, and whenever he gets to a golf course like this, this is why he wanted to play here because he loves this golf course and he has the utmost respect for Jack Nicholas. So what do I expect? Um, I expect him to uh, certainly contend. Uh, I think he'll be, um, you know, top 20 or 30 after the first day, maybe the same headed into the weekend and then make a little move on Saturday. And, and it'll be fun to see uh, if he can, uh, you know, stay up there on Sunday. Listen, you, you go back and, and I always, when I'm on with you guys, I love this because I like to throw out a little history. Um, it was 1953. Mark was Ben Hogan was 41. <laughs> I, no, I was covering his no. group. <laughs> no, listen, he, three years removed from his car accident, and he played six times, won five, including three majors, and didn't play in the PGA because it was the same week as the British Open. And that year he played the British Open. on. Uh, it was the only time in his career. Uh, had a ticker tape parade in New York City. I mean, listen, there's a lot of parallels there, guys. Don't count out Tiger at 44. Um, I, I expect him to contend this week. I really do. Uh, even though even though the fields now are a little more intense and probably a little better than Ben Hogan in 1953. But I, I, I like Tiger this week. Doug, I, I'm with you just because of the comfort that certain golf courses give a player. You know, you get to a place that fits your eye, sidelines off the tee. You, you know, Tiger is he's a great He's a creative golfer in a way in that he sees lines and sees breaks and sees shots that not everyone does. And, and he, then he has the moxie and the ability to pull off what he sees around the greens. I mean, think of some of the greenside pitch shots he's hold around this place. I mean, that one on 14 was just bananas. And then the one on 16 he holds a few seasons back yeah. in reach that. That was just off the grid. I mean, you, you could put 20 balls down there and he wouldn't get one inside 10 feet. And that thing toppled in there like a putt. So there's that. But for me, he's coming back to a place that we, we can all agree that it's going to play like a major, right? And he's the ultimate major tactician. He knows how to just remain in the peloton, sort of check stuff out, hang around, not do himself in, 
and just sort of wait and wait and let the folks in front just run out of gas. And then he passes them by attrition. Then he only has to use Brooks's term to beat like nine guys on Sunday or something like that. Okay. And he's, and he's a thoroughbred, so he can run fast. My only thing, given the thoroughbred thing in high place, is that he hasn't been in competition. And when that thoroughbred gets on the racetrack and you're out of the gate and you get bumped around a few times and all of a sudden you, you, you're off your stride and then the next thing the leader's way out in front of you, that's a different animal to handle. So at the outset, could he play well? Absolutely. Will he play well? Likely. But I'm just keen to see how he navigates his way through Thursday, Friday. And then on the weekend, if he's, if he's made it through Friday, I'll Jack Nicholas who always said, I, I was trying to find my best game Saturday morning. If Tiger gets through Friday, okay, in my opinion. I, I think he, he'll be headed towards the top of the leaderboard. Now, not necessarily winning, but he'll make it a story on Sunday. I, I hear you, Mark, and I don't, I don't disagree with the, the needing tournament. I mean, Tiger said that, right? Like the tournament reps thing. He talks about that all the time. I, I just, I think at this point in his career, it's more valuable to him to have the rest, the five months of rest, maybe not that much, but some, you know, a, a good amount than the reps. And and you look at, uh, I mean, he went Zozo last year. He hadn't played in 10 weeks. You know, he, he, <laughs> he exited after what Northern Northern trust, I think, or, or BMW in the playoffs. Right. And then, and then all of a sudden he has surgery, shows up, wins the Zozo. And you're like, we didn't even see him like where, what's he what's he been doing and so i just i i think at this point in his career that it, when he's rested and like when he feels when his body feels good he's gonna contend no matter where it is who's playing what's going on I, i'm not disagreeing i, I just want to play advocate devil's advocate a bit zozo was a short field it was a wet wet golf course the golf ball was sort of sticking where it's landing you know if it, it, it it wasn't like he beat nobody, but coming here to this event, this is a major championship golf course. It's going to be firm. It's going to be difficult. And you guys have listed the quality of this field. This is the upper crust of the world's game, bar Fleetwood and a few of those sorts of guys. I think this one and Zozo, you can't really compare in my opinion. I mean, there was guys in the Zozo field. It was Rory, Day, Woodland. I mean, Hideki, right? Yeah, and he played great. Yeah, I mean, you can't dispel how he played. And listen, before that, he wins the Masters, and then he wins at Eastlake, the Tour Championship. Those are his last three wins. Those are pretty good golf courses, I guess, the National and Eastlake. Let's talk about one of those guys that was in the Zozo field. Rory McIlroy, Doug, 14-1 to to win this week. His longest odds since the 2019 Genesis Invitational, 18 months ago, Doug. (laughs) Um, I don't know if that is necessarily a knock against Rory. He's been... Okay, he's had a couple of bad nines that has that have played himself out of Colonial, out of RBC Heritage. But I think it's more of a testament to this field. I mean, Dustin Johnson's coming off of a win. Uh, Justin Thomas is coming off of a second. Bryson's coming off of a win. I like it's it's kind of weird to see Rory this this long. Yeah, um, he's rested, and we've talked about Tiger being rested. Well, uh, Rory got two weeks of rest uh, since the Travelers, so I think that's good. I guess I, I suppose he went home and work on his game, we'll find out. Uh, he does have four top tens at Muirfield. Um, he's never won there. Uh, this is the take. Uh, two things on Rory. Uh, number one, it's a big golf course. And the restart was at Colonial and, and Harbortown and TPC River Highlands. And those were restrictive golf courses for a guy 
who loves to to hit the driver line in the three wood, and and that's what's required at Muirfield Village. I mean, it's a, it's a Jack Nicklaus course, and he sets it up. He wants he wants these guys that have the power game to have an advantage, or at least that's the way Jack plays. And that's the way he designed golf courses. So I think that's a good thing. But on the other side, uh, Rory, his putting has always been his bugaboo, especially at the Masters. That's he, he's got to win the Masters to win the Career Grand Slam. And and the question is, will he ever putt well enough to do that there? On fast greens, Rory struggles. And those greens are going to be sizzling fast in your field. So it'll be an interesting week for him. Um, I'm excited to see him play with Tiger and Brooks the first two days. I think that'll be wonderful. Can't wait to be out there and walk around and watch these guys. I love them all uh, for different reasons. I just think they're they're all great for the game. But I I do think Rory needs to show me something this week. He needs to show me something on the greens especially. Let's see how he putts on these fast greens. After two weeks off, maybe he's been, been down in Jupiter working hard at the medalist. Getting, getting that putter right. I hope so. We'll find out. We we certainly will find out. The featured groups are unbelievable. I, yeah. I mean, you, you could have configured these in any way, and I would have been running around the house celebrating it. Uh, Mark, unfortunately, you know the one that, that Twitter wanted. You know the one that the YouTube wanted. We we wanted we wanted Bryson and Brooks. We're, <laughs> we're not going to get that. I, I think we missed an opportunity here. I don't know. Where, <laughs> I, I'm not so sure about that because – you know, these guys, Bryson, Brooks, and company, they're all teammates. They play together in Ryder Cups and President's Cups. And and like us, crowd, look at Kyle. Why are you pulling your face over there? And and so – I mean, Patrick yes, Reed my, has been on Ryder Cup teams also. I don't think anybody's claiming him. Okay, but yes, 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 my anecdote. Just like we banter with each other and you kind of throw a little – fun at people like that. I, I think that was some of what Brooks was doing. Now, uh, is, is the tour going to suddenly pair the two of them together and hope for some uh, WWF match to break out? <laughs> it's not good. Okay. So would it, would it be fun to see them playing together? Absolutely. But I'll tell you this much, in my opinion, for what that's worth, Kepka McElroy Woods is infinitely more um, attractive than Bryson and Brooks together. I don't care what the Twitter says. Kyle, you and your Twitter people. Twitter. I know you disagree. Can have a go. Yeah, I mean, I, I, no, I, I, I am not convinced that Bryson and Brooks are like, oh yeah, we're teammates, we're we're buddies. In the same way that I'm not convinced that Reed and whoever, like, uh, that might be like the front. That might be like what is forward facing or whatever. But Bryson and Brooks aren't buddies, and I think that even though I think a lot of this stuff turns into jokes like Bryce, like uh, Brooks is like, Oh, I'm just, I was just kidding about the, the four, the six pack thing when, when he tweeted out the four trophies. I think, I think there's an underlying current that it's like, Oh, it's kind of real. Like you, it's kind of veiled as a joke, but I think there's some like punch to it. That is uh, that is kind of the undercurrent throughout. Well, okay. Okay. Let's say, let's, let's say for argument's sakes, that is the case. You pair the two of them together for 36 holes. What are you expecting to see as you watch the feature group then? What are they going to have? Bunch? We want to see if they, we want to see if they talk to each other. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not here. Listen, hold on, hold on. I'm not here for the the brawl. Like, there's not going to be a brawl. I'm here for like the little stuff, like the little nuance. The the uh, you know, uh, who was it? Uh, oh, it was Brooks at the open last year when he rolls his eyes, when he's playing a JB Holmes and Holmes <laughs> shoots an 87 or whatever he did. And Brooks like walks away. Like that's the stuff that I'm here for, because that th- those are the things that you get when you, when you pair guys together where there's friction or tension. 
Okay, I'll go back to the old man's corner with Doug. Us and our stacked uh, bricks chimney over there. We're, we're, <laughs> we're <in> the <laughs> uh, all right, Doug. Would you like a chance to win three thousand dollars? Absolutely. How about I mean, tell that? me how. All right, I'll tell you how. That is where CVS has you covered with our CVS Sports Props game available at cvssports.com slash golf props. Again, that's cvssports.com slash golf props. This is important because this this week there will be two contests, one for the entire tournament. That's going to be a lot of fun. And one for the final round. That whole tournament props contest is worth $3,000 and you don't even have to risk any of your own money that contest will lock on thursday at 7 a.m eastern time and here is a real life example of a prop that you might find so we're going to talk through this doug we'll start with you it's very simple it's the two guys we were just talking about who will have a better finishing position bryson DeChambeau or brooks kepka well, Bryson DeChambeau is going to have a better finish. There's no question about it. I mean, he's been the best player so far in the restart, and there's no reason for him to stop now. Uh, and Brooks Kepka, again, I saw him last week, and, and while he played great in that second nine on Friday to almost make the cut, he's just been kind of the model of inconsistency up to this point. He's healthy. Uh, listen, I followed him. There's no limp. I mean, he's swinging at it like he always does, like a, uh, like a madman. But uh, there's just something about it that's not quite there yet in his game. So that's an easy one, Rick. Come on. DeChambeau right. is, is the man right now. Mark, so I think that's interesting because uh, Doug referenced the, the, the nines. Uh, Brooks had two nines that were unbelievable, two nines that were absolutely horrible last week. I don't know what to make of that. Sometimes I look at it and go, well, if he's making a lot of birdies, there's good things to come if he can kind of tighten it up. But D- Doug's <laughs> right. Model of inconsistency. Yeah, I, I... Honestly, Rick, out of all of the props games you've put together, this has been, in my opinion, by far and away the easiest. And it's probably the one I'll get from. Um, yeah, famous last words. <laughs> but I'm going for Bryson here too. Just, I'm, I'm just looking at the body of work this far and just the way he plays golf courses. Muirfield Village, it's underbelly, if you will, are the par fives. And you yeah. can get after all of them. All of them. So you effectively try and Get under par on those. The par threes are going to whip you if you're not striking irons well. And I saw Brooks last week missing long and left a few times. And there's one thing you don't do on a Jack Nicholas course. You don't miss left and you certainly don't miss long. He asks you to flat golf balls in there the correct distance on the proper trajectory. So, uh, uh, yes, he shot 32. That bird's great. Who knows? He might go and find a little something here Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday and practice these best finisher around year i think is 31st where bryson won year a couple of years ago and he's coming off a historic run of golf where what's that statistic you guys have shown me where he's made like five birdies around for the last how many rounds in a row it's just bananas what he's up to so i'm <laughs> going with bryce if it's not a strokes gain stat we probably didn't show it to you. What's, what's, <laughs> what's what's a birdie what is that <laughs> It's got a circle around, Uh, not square. (laughs) I think I've seen that. It's like hieroglyphics. Um, KP, would you like to make this uh, three in a row for Bryson? Uh, Yeah, I want to go Brooks, but I just, (laughs) I I don't, I don't believe. I I don't know. I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't believe in him right now. He's just, he's been up and down. Bryson's feeling himself. I, I think Bryson is. I don't know. This is probably one of those that just works against you, but it feels like Bryson's the easy choice. 
clean sweep for Bryson DeChambeau to beat Brooks Kepka. Let's talk about the defending champion here for just a minute. Patrick Cantlay back to defend his title. And oh, by the way, Doug had a pretty good showing last week. Too. Yeah, I think he likes this place. Yeah, he does. Uh, tied for seventh last week. Um, he was T11 at the Travelers. That was his first time out. Um, you know, he'd been battling at surgery, nasal surgery and all that. Um, and then he had kind of a, a stiff back and he was practicing too much. You know, he took time off and then he practiced too much and his back got a little stiff and he has a history with a back thing. So he, he was very cautious and he, you know, he's playing well. He really is. And, and he's the defending champion. So, um, gosh, I, I like Patrick Cantlay. In fact, guys, I was looking at my, my power rankings here. And he's right up there, probably in my top four this week. Uh, listen, Patrick Cantlay's right there. You know, he doesn't get a lot of press. He's not a, he's, he's not a, he, he's not Bryson. He's not Kepka. He's not Rory Tiger. You know, we were talking about all these guys, right? Oh, by the way, Patrick Cantlay, pretty darn good. And he's the guy talking about Ryder Cup, President's Cup, and all that. Cantlay's going to be a guy on that team for a long time. Uh, I like Cantlay. Oh, by the way, Patrick Cantlay could be like a t-shirt because I feel like that is exactly yeah. like the amount of lack of respect that he gets, Mark. I mean, this is a guy, especially around Muirfield Village, second shot course. Uh, Cantlay is one of the best approach players on the planet. I, I mean, this is obviously a, a great spot for him. Uh, yeah, well, he said in a quote last week, he would be PGA Tour event at Muirfield Village and Jack Nicholas has become like a mentor to him. He spoke of that, how Nicholas was at him to have more fun on the course and to smile a bit more. And so he's playing at Nicholas's place and Nicholas is essentially like a granddad to him. Hmm. And then just a couple other things about him. There's no real weakness in the game. The iron game we know is, is really stout and the only real weakness is, is bunker play. And, and still, he's operating at about a five and a half out of 10 clip from the sand. So even that is sharp. But I caught up with his coach, Jamie Mulligan, who's been in town with him these two weeks. And Jamie said to me, he goes, the week of Hilton Head, they convened in Harbortown. Jamie, uh, Matt Minister, his caddy, and, and Patrick. And they had like a boot camp. Patrick wasn't playing in the event, but they just got together in some good weather. He would hit 50 balls in practice. 40 of them would be fades and 10 would be draws. So he's got this Nicholas Fade shot going on, but he hasn't given up the draw that he used to hit when he was young and in college and stuff. So the guy's got everything. Uh, he just doesn't grab headlines like a Brooks because he doesn't tweet about someone or, you know, it's uh, or obviously Brooks has got the major championship resume, but yeah, the, the four majors, does that play <laughs> in at all? Yeah. No? I just, but that's what I just recognized. But if things happen to go Patrick Cantlay's way, I don't see any reason why this guy can't pick off one or two of those big ones too. Well, he's certainly a fit for everything here. KP, what is a deviated sound? Was he snoring a lot? Is that what this is? <laughs> Sounds like he needs a whoop band. He needs a whoop band. Yeah. Check out his resting heart rate. Yeah. <laughs> I saw Leishman wearing that thing around his ankle today, and I joked, <laughs> <laughs> it looks like a cuff. Uh, <laughs> I don't think it works around the ankle, does it? I thought it was that's wrist a, or bicep. That sounds like, that sounds like, like something yeah. Leishman would do, for sure. <laughs> Oh man. Do you have any hot uh, can't lay takes KP? Uh, not really, but I did look up the Zozo leaderboard from last year. This okay, is a, good. this is a Rick game and fever dream. This yeah. Zozo leaderboard, Tiger, Hideki, Rory, Sung Jay, Gary Woodland, Billy Horschel, Corey Connors, Ben Hahn, oh. Charles oh. Howe. That's your top 10. 
that those are my top 10 favorite players right there <laughs> in, in order in order anytime i can get Corey connors and ben on on the same leaderboard i'm in heaven yeah <laughs> hey, uh, i'll go a little further give me 11 to 20 really yeah please did trevor play no <laughs> you're stalling give me 11 to 20 please uh, Danny Lee, Ryan Palmer, Xander, Lowry, Poulter, Wolf, Keegan, Patty Reed, JT, Paul Casey, Sung Kang, Daniel Berger. That's a that's a great field. Okay, right. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'll capitulate. That. That's a good leaderboard. All right. On the other side, we're going to do some matchups. We're going to do expert picks and best bets, but we are going to make a swap. Doug Bell, thank you for joining us. Hey, my pleasure, really guys. Hey, you're invited over to the fireplace later, all you guys. We're, we're on our way. <laughs> We're, we're leaving right now, right after the pod. We'll be over there. Uh, so we're going to swap Doug Bell. We're going to bring in Greg Ducharme, and we'll be back right after these words. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And we're back and joined by Greg Ducharme. Welcome, Greg. You are like coming in hot in the second half of the pod. I love it. <laughs> Yeah, happy to join. I had to get in for a, a little storyline here and the matchups. I couldn't miss matchups. Let's, well, let's talk. Let's talk about your storyline. You were banging down the door to talk about this. I think no, it's a good one. So uh, Tiger Woods did his press conference uh, on Tuesday, right? I'm trying to figure out what day it is. Tuesday, and and kind of was was uh, uh, talking about fans versus no fans, right? This stood out to you. It absolutely stood out to me. Um, I, first of all, I think that Tiger's playing this week because there's no fans, and that's kind of what we heard from him in the press conference. Look, 8,000 people being at a venue, they're all going to congregate around Tiger. We, I, I think that's something we all realize. But that being said, I think through time, Tiger has had a uh, basically a home game every time he tees it up because of the, the home. He, he's the one that's used to all the fans being at watching him. There's craziness that surrounds Tiger. And you heard him talk about it. People throwing drinks like this mayhem that Tiger describes. And the world, looking at looking at spectators through Tiger Woods' eyes is completely different than looking at it for anybody else. And I think it gives him an advantage because he deals with it every time he tees it up and nobody else does. Um, but I know that, as Kyle pointed out, Rory McIlroy has said some things kind of on the contrary that say it's not an advantage for him. Yeah, so this was at Genesis, uh, I think, last year? I think it was last year. Yeah, it was Maybe. last year. Yeah, so Rory was just, and JT talked about this too. It's just, it's, it's, a, it's a circus around Tiger, right? I mean, this is not breaking news. If you've watched golf for the last 20 years, you know that, I mean, somebody was tweeting out the clip today of him getting his ACL just slid into at the Masters last year. I, that, I cannot believe that. That was so crazy. That was, that was 
that was insane. It was okay. it was crazy. But you know, Rory uh, Rory kind of said like it cost him half a shot around just because of everything that's going on around him. And uh, so he was like, Tiger start Tiger starts from a two stroke deficit every week because it happens every single event. And I think that's an interesting argument. And, and I don't. I don't know. I could sort of go both ways on this. I, I, I think I lean toward that where it's just, it, it's so, um, it's, there's so much madness that it's hard to block out. But then the flip side and, and the part that I kind of wrote about today is you just get used to it over time. And so you don't even, you don't even realize like how crazy it is. Unlike Rory, who's kind of entering into that and experiencing it, not for the first time, obviously, but it's not something that he as famous as he is, it's not, he doesn't experience it in the same way Tiger does. So I, I don't know. I, I, I think fans not being there will actually probably help Tiger. But again, I could be talked out of that. Do you think Kyle, um, Rory and JT, when they comment on that, they, they say that because they feel like it cost them a half a shot playing alongside Tiger. <laughs> If it wasn't Rory and JT, like if it was Scott Stallings and whoever, <laughs> I, I would say yes. But I think Rory and JT are, they're around it enough that they, that they sort of like, they're, I think they're able to be objective or uh, yeah, objective about it. Right. I, I think they're able to kind of differentiate. Okay, this is these are these are the types of crowds that I experience, and then this is what he experiences, and and so maybe I there has to be some bias there because I'm sure it it does affect them, but I do think that because they've been fame because they are famous because they've been around it, I, I think they're able to speak pretty objectively about it. Yeah, I just think Tiger's been around it his whole life, and when you're talking about a guy who's done it for, I mean, he mentioned even when he was in college, there were people watching him, and he was laughing about it. I think it's something that he's kind of grown numb to. And then the other thing that kind of makes me feeds me into this um, fans are an advantage for Tiger is you remember in 1999, well, one in 1999 and one in 2000, there were like clear instances of fans helping Tiger when they probably wouldn't have helped anyone else. One was at the Phoenix Open when he's got a group of people moving a, a giant boulder for him. I'm, that had to save him two shots if it cost him anything at the beginning of the week that made up for it and then some and then the other one was uh an infamous one which i think was more unfortunate than that and this was the uh situation in the match against bob may in the in the pga championship where the ball as i, I think i i think it would they said basically it kind of reacted a little bit unnaturally <laughs> as it kicked <laughs> Sounds like this. This sounds like Greg's Sapruder film. Yeah, <laughs> he's he spent a lot of late nights watching this. I think. <laughs> well, I was just thinking about this today after uh, after seeing your tweet, Kyle, and it just it was fascinating to me because those are I don't believe that break, if you call it a break, happens for anybody other than Tiger. I if if I might add to this, you know, in my experiences from having seen this up close and calling Tiger's group a few times. I, I watch the people playing alongside him closely because the one thing's for certain, you'll see him holding out first often, and then he just ducks a bit. And it's not gamesmanship, but then the rest of the caddies are holding up the arm saying, quiet, please. And 5,000 folks are on the move to get to the next shot that they can see Tiger Woods play. And then beyond that, like Woods said in his press conference, basically every shot I've hit in my pro career has been documented. Now that's by television and radio. And if you're playing alongside Tiger, 
if you're not used to this, now Justin and Rory and that sort of crowd are, but you've got to wait for the camera folks to get into position behind you. So you've got to time your routine entirely differently to what you would if you're just playing, you know, with Scott Stallings, with a little love. Um, so, so, so there's that element that's brought to bear. And from my opinion, I'm kind of with you that the addition of fans and the Tiger Circus, it's like a traveling circus is what it is. It is hard to come to grips with for the first time. I'll, I'll tell you from my point of view, being inside a Tiger Woods gallery, you, you've got, I've got to think about where have I got to position myself because I've got folks heckling me from behind saying, stand down, because they've been waiting there for like an hour and a half to see Tiger's one shot. And then I walk in there and I stand in front of them and I've got guys over my shoulders screaming at me. So there's even that thing that's brought to bear. So there's so many unwritten's about this kind of deal that playing alongside Tiger, I think, is very, very difficult. And, and you have to be very poised mentally and you have to be prepared to be called off your routine once or twice and, and you sort of in the launching, launching sequence and you've got to pull off. So it's, it's a challenging deal. And, and I'm keen to see at least now with no fans this week, I think it could be advantageous for a Kepka and a McElroy and then whoever else plays alongside Tiger on the weekend if he makes the cut because they don't have to deal with all of this other stuff that's going on except for TV cameras. I'm certainly looking forward to it. And Mark, you actually, uh, this per professional segue into the, the matchup segments because you mentioned Brooks, you mentioned Tiger, you are our reigning belt champion here. You're the matchup king. So we're going to start with you here. Brooks, Kepka minus one ten versus Tiger Woods minus one ten. Who you got? <laughs> I wish I could push, <laughs> but honestly, I'm just going to go with Tiger here because of his affinity to the golf course, um, the success he's had around here, and he, he can get that practice area of his down there in Jupiter. Green speeds up to whatever they like. And so he's going to come in here having played on slopey, fast greens. He's dialed in the short game. The driver's there. Brooks is trending to me. I, I know Kyle will disagree, but but I think by a nose, I'm going with Tiger Woods here. Uh, I will also take the cat. Uh, I just like the, the, the second shot, baby. Let's go. Uh, KP, who do you got? Yeah, cat. Brooks, Brooks is not trending. He missed the cut last week. <laughs> Greg. It's a sweep. <laughs> what did I say? <laughs> clean, clean sweep of Tiger Woods over Brooks Kepka, which takes us now to Bryson DeChambeau, minus 120 versus Justin Thomas. Greg, we'll start with you. Who you got? I'm going to go Bryson here. I, I think the golf course is going to really accept his ball quite nicely. Uh, and I think he's going to have an advantage out of the rough. I, I, I think he's got an advantage all around. And maybe Justin Thomas is hurting a little bit after last week. So I'm going to give him, I'm going to give Justin kind of a, a week off in my mind where I'm not going to judge what he does for this one week. Um, I'm going to go Bryson here. I think Justin Thomas uses this as fuel. I, I think he's a fuel guy. I'll take JT. Mark, what say you? I want to hear what Kyle does first. KP, I'm, what say you? <laughs> I'm, I'm going JT. I think JT might win this week. Okay, well, Justin Thomas is my one and done pick, so i got to go with him. There you go. Spoiler alert. There it is. The one and done. Uh, who did I pick this week? Okay, I forgot. Uh, Dustin Johnson. Versus Colin Morikawa. Morikawa's even money. Dustin Johnson is the favorite. Kyle, what are our ex? We haven't really talked about this. Expectations for Morikawa coming off the win. Yeah, we've got. Uh, do we have three guys in the field that won the last time they played? 
Bryson DJ Morikawa. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's all right. And almost Webb. But he, I guess he played, he played Detroit. again. Yeah. He yeah. Played. Uh, I, I, I would pick Morikawa twice here if I could. I, I just, I think that he is. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I just think he, I think staying in, in uh, Dublin, wherever you guys are at, Mark, is helpful to him. Like, I, I think he just gets to decompress for a couple of days, not do anything, uh, and then, you know, back at it. And I think, I almost feel like the course could play to more of an advantage for him this week because it's going to be faster and firmer. So I, I, I love it. Uh, DJ has been, obviously, he won last time out. He's been really up and down. Um, but yeah, I like Mark Howell. Greg. I'm fascinated to see how, as Kyle mentioned, like now we've, we've never really seen this before. You all of a sudden have to play a fifth round and then you got to play rounds five through eight now at the same venue. I can't wait to see how it affects a guy like Colin Morikawa, Justin Thomas, Victor Hovland. I'm going to take a chance on Morikawa here with his age. I like the way his game suits and I'm not at a point where I'm trusting DJ yet. So I'm, I'm going to take the uh, better iron player here and go Morikawa. Uh, Morikawa today said, "You unfortunately you don't start at like 19 under this week." And, <laughs> yeah. and in my head, all I could think about was, "Well, if it was the Tour Championship, you would." <laughs> That's very true. Very true. Okay, I'm I'm gonna go with uh, Dustin Johnson because I need to differentiate a little bit. I need to make up some some ground on you guys. So I'll take DJ Mark Morikawa or DJ. Come on now. You know I know Morikawa. Yeah, Morikawa. All right. Uh, we'll stay with you here, Mark. Patrick Cantlay, minus 105, Rory McIlroy. <laughs> I've heard of him, minus 120. Yeah, this is hard, man. This is hard. Um, I'm, I'm actually going to go against my grain here and go with Cantlay. I will stick with my grain and go with Rory. <laughs> <laughs> KP, who you got? I'm with Mark. I, I think Cantlay's uh, a, a fun under-the-radar pick here against Rory, especially with, with those odds. I like Cantlay. Gregory, this is I, I I don't know what to do. I mean, if I could take a tie, I think maybe I get some better odds, but I'm going to go. I'm going to go. Uh, I'm going to go Rory here, but it's a hard one for me. I, I think Rory might win Rory. Uh, I think Rory might win as well. Xander Shoffley. Pretty, might- pretty bold there, Greg. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Rory might win. <laughs> I'll, I'll make it a little more. This might be your one-two finish right here this week. Oh, yeah, that's that good. A little more oh, you can that- probably get pretty good odds on that. I, yeah, I was going to say, that's a good one. It's an exacta. I'll see if I can find out what the odds on that are, if William Hill has it out yet. Uh, Xander minus 138 versus Ricky Fowler plus 110. I'm... I'm getting more optimistic about Ricky Fowler. He's he's taking more good swings uh, than bad swings. So I'll take Ricky here. KP, who you got? Yeah, I love Ricky here at that number. Uh, he played he played well uh, last. <laughs> you, you weren't thinking too highly of him last week, man. I was out times changer. One week he missed two of three cuts. He found it. He found his swing. Stroke gain something. It's got to yeah. be. Yeah. He okay. he hit it he hit it well last week and he hit it he hit it pretty well the last two days at Detroit as well so I like I like Rick yeah me too I'm going with Ricky as well I, I, I he was going in the right direction in Detroit played beautifully last week and he's played well here before so I'm going with Ricky on this one Greg you're a Xander guy yeah I'm going with the X Man here I, look I mean if this comes down to Sunday and yeah <laughs> that's right if this Throw comes down to Sunday who are you going to go with like if they're if they're within if Xander is within Four shots of Ricky. I take I take Xander come Sunday. 
So the question is, is Xander going to make the cut? And I think if he does, I think he'll beat Ricky. So Xander's a competitor. And I always wonder with him, what would the fifth round look like? And uh, he's just so good. Uh, do, do we need to sell T-shirts or something to pay for Greg's counseling regarding Ricky? <laughs> <laughs> him and Finau. He, can, can you tell who he likes, guys, that like don't win that often? Ricky, Fowler. <laughs> I like, look, I like him because they're good guys. I just wish they – it it breaks my heart when they don't win. I, I want them to win, right? Because they're, they're nice guys. That's why I like Webb so much because Webb's a nice guy who wins. Webb wins. Yeah. <laughs> right. He's got a leg up over those guys. Webb had a chance to become the world's number one golfer last week if things went his way. Remember? No, this, this week. Is it this week? Oh, okay. Yeah, if, if, he wins, it's, if he wins and Rory finishes worse than fifth or sixth, something like that, uh, Webb, Webb's number one in the world. Unbelievable. Greg, Greg you're exact. What was it? Rory won, can't lay two? Is that what it was? Yeah. Uh, yeah. 220 to one. Oh, ha- hammer that. Maybe Come a couple hey. – Maybe yeah, a couple that, bucks that on that. Might get a couple units. There we go. <laughs> might get a couple of units. John Rom minus one twenty versus Webb Simpson minus one oh five. This pains me to go against Webb Simpson, but I will take John Rom, who fired an unbelievably statistically beautiful final round on Sunday, and I think he keeps it going. Mark, who you got? I'm going with Rom. Going with Rom. Yes, yes, yes. yes. KP. Uh, I'll go Webb. He doesn't play here very often. Rom shot 75 the day before. Uh, Don't worry about shot. that. <laughs> yeah, we're not paying attention to that one. Uh, I'll go Webb. I'm going to go Webb here too. I mean, Webb, it, so there's an interesting thing about Webb here. And there's a notion that this is too big of a ballpark for him. Like he's, this isn't a quote unquote Webb kind of a course. But Webb Simpson is longer off the tee than Colin Morikawa on the year. And I, which is just fascinating to me. He's 16th strokes game putting. He's fifth approach the green iron play is the strength of his game and he's driving it great. And he's plenty long. Like that notion is kind of going away a little bit for me. So I'm going to go with the, uh, the nice guy who wins. Maybe he's number third in my, in my uh, now trifecta. Oh, we'll see if I can get you a number on that. Uh, We'll stay here with you, Greg, Patrick Reed, minus 125, Jordan Spieth, even money, Patrick Reed. It's a great matchup, by the way. I hope, I mean, I'd like them to get paired together. I would not put a wooden nickel on Jordan Spieth at this moment. So give me Patrick Reed. Mark, (laughs) Mark, who you got? I'm following your lead. (laughs) KP, what are you going to do, KP? Contractual obligation. (laughs) I'll take Spieth. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Here's. Here, I think, is my yeah, 53 minutes and two seconds in. That's pretty good for you. Uh, here's my contractual obligation Victor Hovland, I'll take at minus 120 over Hideki Matsuyama, minus 105. Mark, real quick, is it crazy that Hideki has like never changed anything in his putting stroke that is clearly so bad? No, no, no. He hasn't, he hasn't okay. tried a new putter. Like, what's going on? He is. He's working with Hiroshi Iwata, uh, told me. There's work going on in the greens. He feels like things are going in the right direction. They use this putting training aid where it's lining up the stroke a bit better. And, and, and by hook or by crook last week, he was in some groups that I was covering. And, and the swing looks sound. It's just sort of in and out and a little inconsistent right now. But the makings are there. And, and the guy was in contention for a while. So in this one, I'm going with Matsuyama. All right. I'm happy to hear about the work being put in. Uh, Greg, Hideki or Victor? Uh, I'm going to go with Hideki here, and it's a hard one for me. I just kind of feel like there's been a lot of golf for Victor Hovland, and 
this streak, I feel it just has to come to an end. So I hope I look, if he proves me wrong, he proves me wrong, but I'm going to go with Hideki here. KP. Uh, Hideki. I, I, I don't, I don't feel great about it. Huh? I thought you picked him to win, didn't you? Yeah, I did. I I don't feel great about it. His putting (laughs) right now, interestingly, is as bad as it's been. It's the worst it's been since 2011. Well, apparently you're not trusting Hiwata's son. (laughs) No, I I am because that's why I'm picking him. I I just feel like it can't can't keep being quite this bad. And he's hitting it great. Mark's right. He's hitting it really well. It's the, the putter. The putting numbers are crazy. Um, okay. Here is a guy that I really like Abraham answer minus minus one twenty five. And Mark, uh, you texted us, uh, that, you, you know, answer looking good. Uh, he is in a matchup with Justin Rose, even money who you got. I'm going with Abe because he's going to, he's promised to send me a bottle of his new tequila as well. So I'm going with answer on this one. Yeah. Winning. Who's winning at life right now? Wow. Yeah. That'll be nice. All right, Greg, uh, is, anybody, is anybody sending you tequila, Greg? Uh, <laughs> no, nobody, nobody that I know of, unless Mark gets a couple extra. <laughs> I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to go with Abraham answer here too, uh, in support of that notion. Look, I trust Abraham answer. I think he's hitting it as well as just about anybody. And Justin Rose, I'm back to where I'm scratching my head. I don't know what to make of Justin Rose. So, uh, I, I can't trust him at this point, which is dangerous because he's one of the most talented players in the world. Um, and there's definitely some win equity there, but I'm going to go with the steady guy here. Abraham answer. KP answer flipped a switch after the president's cup. He has been a competitor. I'm taking him here. Uh, he shows up in all the big fields, right? doesn't matter if it's WGC. doesn't matter if it's colonial. Remember when we were saying how great those fields were like answers, the real deal. Yeah, he really is. I. It's so weird that he's, he's the favorite over Justin Rose, but yeah. I, I picked Rose last week. He shoots 80 in the second round. It's like, what, what was that? That's the, uh, uh, how does he shoot depth. 80? I, I don't know. Doesn't I don't know. Get any strokes anywhere. It, yeah. uh, clearly. <laughs> Skeeter Malnati shot Got like it. an 86, by the way, but um, I'll go, I'll go, I'll go answer. Last one. Gary Woodland minus 138, presumably Greg back with that ping driver that worked so well last week versus Joaquin Neiman plus 110. I like both of these guys, but I'm going to make, I'm gonna yeah. make you go first, Greg. Yeah, I like both of these guys a lot. I, I'm, I'm having a, a pretty good feeling about, about Joaquin Neiman here. So I'm going to go with him, um, but it's kind of a, it's one of your wooden nickel flips there, Rick. So I'm going to go with Joaquin Neiman. Wooden nickel flips would be a good band name, I think. Um, Mark, Mark, Gary Woodland or Joaquin Neiman? This is a hard one. And for a long while, I considered Joaquin. Uh, but I think I'm going to go with Woodland. How long did you consider it? <laughs> no, well, I, I, I actually did look at the rundown before this podcast. So I had a little while. So what, 45 minutes or so? So I'm going with Woodland. Go ahead, KP. I think Abe's Tequila is another good band name. I'll go with... Uh, <laughs> I'll go with I'll go with Neiman. <laughs> okay. Also, Jacob put in the I don't even know what he was talking about. Bryson's laser guy in the chat. I thought that was a good band name too. Bryson's laser guy. Um, I'll take oh, oh for for Hideki for Hideki. for his, oh, for his putting. Oh, okay, I didn't know what that was in reference. His to. his spritzer guy became his laser guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, I will take I will take Joaquin Neiman. I love this kid. I'll take him. Expert. Picks, 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 picks. Can we do an echo thing there, Jacob? Okay, expert picks. 
Uh, top 10 sleeper and winner. Let's start with our top 10 lock. Mark, uh, we'll start with you. He is a big name. Braston DeChambeau. Yes. I'm going with Braston as a top 10 lock. He's an absolute top 10 lock. I mean, he doesn't even have to play very well to get in the top 10 the way he's been playing. So I'm locking him as my top 10 guy. I like that. I Now that you said that, I should have put Daniel Berger. Speaking of top 10 locks, Daniel Berger has been a top 10 lock, but I chose John Rahm. I love a guy who makes 10 birdies in his last round uh, and tries to carry that over at the same course. So I've got John Rahm here. Greg, I have no idea who it is. So you're going to surprise us all. Yeah, it's uh, well, it may not come as a surprise. Maybe, I, I don't know. I'll be interested to get your take. Um, I'm going to go with the big cat. I, I think this is just, it sets up so good for him. You look at what happened last week. We talked about this on Tuesday, Rick. You're talking about um, the best iron players on tour did the best last week at Muirfield Village. It seems to happen every year. And Tiger is, he's the guy when we say, well, maybe Morikawa, maybe Thomas, uh, maybe Hovland. These are some of the best iron players in the game, except for Tiger Woods. And so we don't have to have an exception here. So I'm definitely going to go with a healthy Tiger who, as he said, I mean, he's kind of expecting to win. So I, I like Tiger as a top 10 lock this week. Healthy Tiger, top 10 lock, KP. Uh, JT, I, I thought Mark was was early on this, and I think he's right. I think the bounce back this week, I think he's just pissed, and I think he's going to play awesome, and I think it's going to be a show. And he might not win, but I don't know. He's hitting it really well. And, you know, uh, he hasn't – even last week, he didn't putt that great. I mean, he, he was he was good on Sunday. I'd say 10 one putts in a row. But the strokes gained in terms of putting, it, it wasn't – you know, it wasn't great. It wasn't unbelievable. So – if he pops with the putter, then could be a wrap. Sleepers, uh, Mark, we'll start with you. Uh, may I, may I, may I announce these so that I can do my pronunciation practice? You're on mute, but I'm assuming you're saying that's okay. Uh, absolutely, that's okay. Sorry, I was on mute because I was. <laughs> All right. <laughing>. Oh. <laughs> these are these are deep ones. Now, the one I'm pretty sure I've got is Jazz Janawananand. I think I got that one. What nope. No, you got it wrong. What an, What is it? Jane, what a nanond. What a nanond. Oh my gosh, yeah. I missed the extra AN in there. Yeah, you did. Well, now I'm nervous about Christian Bezadenhout. 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 Yeah, right. the, the, the story behind this was Carl and I were on uh, HQ this morning and they asked for sleepers and I just wanted to have some fun with Chris Hassel and Amanda Garrett. <laughs> and I wanted them to try and say this stuff and they bailed both of them. So, and you're, and uh, you're making fun of me for research? <laughs> so I'm... Uh, so I'm Look, I think Christian is a wonderful player who shows up on big golf courses. Um, the the Players' Championship, for a while before Hideki went crazy in the afternoon, Christian had shot like 66 and was leading. And he plays hard golf courses as well. And he's got, he, to me, he's got the chops to be able to deal with his place in jazz. Um, I'll never forget covering him in the third to last group at Bethpage Black at the PGA Championship a few years ago when Brooks was just virtuoso except for like seven holes of the final nine. Um, and Jazz was not as long as the rest, but the guy drove it in the fairway and he hit some incredible iron shots. Flighted, he's dynamite with a hybrid, and so this guy can play hard golf courses and he's accurate. And so I just feel like at his odds, <laughs> he's a guy to keep an eye on. You know, He's just tremendously accurate and he's got uh, some gumption about him. 
I love it. Well, uh, Chris Hassel and Amanda Guerra are smarter than I am for avoiding saying the names. Uh, Greg, we'll go to you. So your top 10 Tiger Woods, your sleeper, another Masters champion. Who you That's got? right. Danny Willett. I, I'm Danny. looking at Danny Willett. He comes coming off of a T4 at, uh, at, at the Rocket Mortgage. And at the Rocket Mortgage, there were some interesting things. He, he gained approaching the green three out of four times he was 15th uh in the field for the week it was pretty accurate off the tee and uh it, this golf course reminds me of augusta national in many ways and and danny willett works really hard on his game and i think as he starts to gather a little bit of momentum this is the kind of golf course he can sneak up and uh and and look 100 to 1 great odds yeah you guys all went really deep on the sleepers i'm very impressed kyle who is your sleeper uh, i've got lucas glover uh, you actually texted me right before this podcast started. I asked you for uh, who had the best strokes gained since the restart and Lucas Glover, 27 strokes gained ball striking. So that's T degree. Uh, that's off the T and then on approach shots, the only guys better are answer uh, Hovland and Bryson. So in terms of striking the ball, he's right there. And, you know, I think that's, I think that matters, especially in this week when you've got so many elite ball strikers, he can hang with those guys. It, 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 you're, you're basically just betting, is this the one week out of the year where he finds a hot putter? That's it. And at 125 to one, sure, I'll take that. Hey, honest question. Yeah. And I'm going to pitch this to the group. Help me out. Help me understand what qualifies as a sleeper. Because for a while, I looked at Abraham answer. I'm like, this dude's a sleeper this week. But I'm not sure, like, does he qualify? Because by the same token, he, could, he couldn't be a favorite, but he certainly could be a top 10 kind of a guy. So, so it's funny you say that, Mark, because answer is my sleeper. So I always just assume it's like, I, I try to get in the 50 range, like 50 to one or longer. Jacob says it's 40 to one or longer. You're right, because, you know, our top 10 locks are generally generally bigger names. Our winners are generally bigger names. So Anybody 40 to one or longer apparently is a sleeper. Copy. Uh, yeah, but I like answer who actually gained strokes off the tee despite not being a very long hitter. Very good with his irons. Love him. Can't wait. Big time competitor. Now it's time, gentlemen, for the winners. Uh, Kyle, we're going to go right back to you because I think you, I don't know if you spoiled this already, but who's your winner? Hadex. He won here in 14. Uh, awesome first two rounds last week. Uh, he's, he's coming in under, nobody's talking about Hideki coming in this week, uh, which I love. And he's 25 to one. That's a great number for somebody who you think can legit contend at this tournament. Decky bot is Kyle's winner. 25 to one Mark. Who is your winner? I am believing that Justin Thomas is going to bounce back from the slip up late Sunday at the workday charity open. I mean, I love it. The, the guy's game, game is in good shape. He's had a day two off. He's got his dad here with him. I, I didn't really see a weakness in his game. And and he's going to be charged up by that that misstep. Of this, I'm convinced. Um, the only thing for Justin, he's just got to avoid a big mistake because his birdie production is fantastic. Um, he's pretty he's pretty sharp around the greens, so he avoids bogeys. So if he just keeps a big number off the card for 72 holes, he will be part of the Sunday afternoon storyline. And then I feel like he accelerates to the victory. I love it. Greg, you and I have the same winner. So take the stage, man. Tell everybody why. This is uh, world number one. I already told you. Rory McIlroy <laughs> and Patrick Cantlay. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> I already told you. <laughs> 
uh, Webb Simpson's going to come in third more, more likely than not. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> Just keep like going. Who's going to finish fourth and fourth and sixth? Look, I can't give it all away. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, Rory, Rory's due, right? He's so good. And he's finally going to get to a golf course that uh, it's like a, a bigger ballpark, right? It's going to fit his eye a little more. He's going to be able to air it out a little more, play to Rory McIlroy type strengths, which uh, early in the restart, he hasn't really been able to do. So um, I, I think he's going to be able to freewheel a little bit this week. And when he gets that going, uh, look out. So, um, yeah, I, I think Rory's going to put his stamp on world number one this week. I'm with you there. Just the rare opportunity to back Rory McIlroy at 14 to one is always appealing. Let's move on to our best bets. Uh, I don't see much in the outline, so I'm hoping you guys have them in your brain. KP, we'll start with you furiously typing. I think you found one. Uh, I, I have I have nothing. Come back to me. Greg, do you have one? Yeah, it's a, it's a <laughs> matchup. And the matchup, look, I, I'm sorry to do this to you, Kyle, but it's Patrick Reed against Jordan Speed. And uh, the, the reason that I just I'm picking on Jordan right now, I think it's a really hard golf course. I don't think it's uh, going to go very well for a guy who's not in control of his golf ball right now, unfortunately. So um, certainly rooting for Jordan, certainly rooting to be wrong. But right now, like a like a cornerback that I know has an injury, I'm picking on him a little bit and I'm going to go against Jordan. Greg's always got a good NFL analogy. I appreciate that, Greg. Um, I am going to take Kevin Streelman back to the well, baby. Streelman top 10 was the best bet last week. Cash it six to one. I'm just going to take him over Corey Connors this week. And I love Corey Connors, but Kevin Streelman has been unbelievable. Uh, T7 last week, second place at the Travelers in his last two starts. Now in his last, what would this be? Five of his last six trips to Mirfield Village. He's got a top 20. Obviously likes the place. Uh, good history, playing well. Give me Kevin Streelman. Mark Immelman, do you have a best bet you would like to offer up? I'm making this up right now. And incidentally, I chatted with Kevin Streelman. I'm like, how are you doing energy-wise? And he says he's in good shape. So I think that's a good call. I went with him as, as a top tenner last week, and that nearly panned out. Um, I'm going with Christian Besaidnote as the low South African. Uh, I, I, this, I, I was absolutely astounded by Louis Westesen's performance late last week. Charles Swatzel too was looking solid and then just disappeared. And I think Besaid note is going to come through. So I don't know if there's this bet. I'm sure you'll find it somewhere, you guys, but I'm saying the low South African guy. Yep. Okay. So it's, it's Louie, it's Christian, it's uh, Brandon Grace, Eric Van Ruin, uh, Dylan Fratelli, Charles Schwartzel and Ernie Els uh, and Christian is four to one. So there you go. That is Mark. The low South African, low South African KP. Do they have a low person with COVID playing in the tournament? Can you bet on that? Fratelli, Watney, uh, who, 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 they had the COVID group last Denny, week. Yeah, Denny McCarthy. Denny McCarthy. The COVID yeah, they, group. They just put them all in the same group. Uh, okay. I found they were it. inside the bubble. <laughs> They're like left. <laughs> uh, I found mine. It is Sergio to top 10 at six to one. Sergio hit it great, uh, played great at RBC Heritage. I, I think that's the last time he, he played. He didn't play Detroit. He didn't play last week. Uh, Sergio absolutely can win this tournament. He's not, he's not going to be somebody that's like overwhelmed by the top of this field. And uh, yeah, six to one to top 10. I, I, I like that. There it is, gentlemen. Another week under our belts. Much appreciated. The Memorial, it's going to be a lot of fun. You can follow Mark Immelman on Twitter. 
and Instagram at Mark underscore Immelman. You can find Greg Ducharme on Twitter at the real GFD. I'm going to tweet at the fake GFD. See who that is. You can find Kyle Porter on Twitter at Kyle Porter CBS. You can find me on Twitter at Rick Run Good. This has been the first cut, 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 cut. Catch you next time. <laughs>